0: The Saints are back at home against Sunday in the Caesars Superdome against the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, how do they match up? What are our predictions? It's the weekly visit with Jeff Duncan coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude And he'll always tell you the way it is. Or at least the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are wondering if the Saints can get back to 500. That's where we are right now. Saints-Bengals coming up this weekend. And we're going to preview it here on Datitude. Episode number 103 for a Friday, October the 14th, 2022. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the tides Picayune, the advocate and bet.nola.com. And what do we think about this weekend? The Saints are coming in a little banged up. No question about it. I mean, we're wondering who's going to player-wide receiver. They're going to have to go grab somebody off the street. Are you available? I mean, I hope that's not where we are right now, but that's what it's looking like. I mean, is Chris Olave going to play? He's still in concussion protocol. What about Mike Thomas and that toe injury? When, when is Mike Thomas not injured? I mean, that when is this dude not hurt? Seems like he's always hurt. Well, he has been for two years, two, over two years now. We got a brief glimpse. I know uh, that I'm about to rip up that comeback player of the year uh, ticket I got. I mean, to have any shot at that, he's got to come back like now and just be incredible the rest of the year. Uh, That's about going. Derrick Henry's going to win that, I guess. Um, What about Jarvis Landry? He's been a no-show. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, the Saints are getting close to where they were. Last year. I mean, they're not there yet, but they're, they're getting there. What role will Taysom Hill play? Will he play another, another role as he did last week? Well, I mean, he's not going to score three touchdowns and rush for 112 yards, you wouldn't think. But you never know, I guess. I mean, he's going to have to come up big. Who's going to play quarterback? Jameis Winston back at practice. Who do we think is going to play quarterback? We'll talk about it all again coming up with Jeff Duncan in just a moment. Uh, as we rebroadcast our live portion of Datitude, every Friday, 9: 15 a.m. I say that, um, but next week we 're going to be doing it on Thursday. So we 'll have a program note for you in just a little bit. In fact, i 'll do it probably before I get in the dunks live portion because next week's a weird week. Saints are at Arizona next week on a Thursday night. Um, so we 're going to do it a, things a little bit different. And then the following week, we 're going to take a day off, because we get to this point of the season. And I tell you, man, it gets, it gets rough. Um, you know how we always end our show with a, with a song that kind of reflects whatever's going on that day or that week? Well, I got a song for you. You'll have to wait and see what it is. But it kind of fits where we are right now. I say it every year, multiple times, for a sports writer in this market and 31 other markets around the country, and really more than that if you include a lot of college teams, You go to bed at the end of August, and you wake up, and it's January. And and for an older guy like me, you feel like life's just flying by. I mean, and it does. I used to not be able to wait for Sunday or Saturday or whatever. I mean, now I'm like, hold on there, Skippy. It's Friday already. It goes by so super fast. I know a lot of you feel the same way, and you're you're working your, your jobs and doing your thing, and you're looking forward to Sunday. But man, when you get to in your 50s, you're like, whoa, slow down a little bit. It is super fast. I will be in the dome again on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Coverner for bet.nola.com. And we, we have, uh, if you haven't noticed and, and you're not subscribed to us on Twitter, it's a great place to, to follow during a game. Um, I've been doing it during all the LSU games, and I'm, I'm doing it during the Saints home games. Um, Spencer Urquhart's going to be with me again on Sunday like he was last week, and he'll be doing his thing on TikTok. If you're into TikTok, that's, that's not my thing yet. I mean, my wife watches TikTok like two, three, four hours a day, just flipping up, flipping up, flipping up. Not my thing. It may have to be my thing soon if they tell me. But uh, what we've been doing on Twitter is updating how the lines have been moving up and down and just kind of a little bit of commentary to go with it. And it's been fun. Uh, when they tasked me with this, uh, earlier this season, I was kind of like, I don't know, but it's been fun, and uh, people have been paying attention to it. So you can find us on Twitter at bet underscore nola, and you can find me on Twitter at jim Derry jr. Um, so I'll be linking to what we're doing, and it's fun. So if you want to just if you're on Twitter, I encourage you to follow us, and uh, you can follow me on Saturday during the during the LSU game and Sunday during the Saints game this week because um, I'm covering most of the games this year and uh and when i'm not covering it someone else will be doing it so uh it's 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 fun it, it's a good way to kind of follow what the what the lines makers think what the betters think as they go along and it's an interesting way to see the fluctuations of the up and down um and maybe see percentages of who's going to win and we 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 put the money line on all that. So, what do we think about this week? The Saints are one and a half point underdogs to the Bengals, which I thought was a kind of a, a little weird spread. I mean, the Bengals, I know they're the defending AFC champions, but you look at their schedule. They lost to Pittsburgh in the opener, then lost at Dallas, which doesn't look as bad now, but they were seven point favorites, going to Dallas with Cooper Rush at quarterback and lose that one. Then they won a couple games against mediocre teams, and then... Lose to Baltimore last week on the road on a Sunday night, which I thought was one of their better games. I I just, you know, you beat the Jets in Miami, and they beat Miami without Tua. I'm not impressed by Cincinnati. This is a game, I don't want to call it a must-win, and I say this later in the show, but it's as close to a must-win as you can get without. I think the Saints need to get to this stretch of four out of five games at home is super important. Because the latter have and five out of seven at home, because the Saints I think going a four out of five stretch away from the dome, and against good teams mostly. So it's a it's a key stretch. If the Saints are going to have any chance to make the playoffs, they got they got to have a great stretch here. I think they need to have a three and one stretch at home at the minimum. And if you're going to do that, then Cincinnati's pretty close to a must win because the next two at home after Arizona, Las Vegas coming in. Got a great offense. They showed how well they could play last week against Kansas City losing by a point. And then you get the Baltimore Ravens who are probably the leaders in the clubhouse to win the AFC North. So not an easy stretch, but you got to find a way to navigate through it if you want to go to the playoffs. I'm not sure this team is a playoff team right now or not. I don't know what they are. We are six games in now, going into the sixth game of the season. I don't know what this team is. It's hard to predict them. It is really hard. And with the injury, again, you're you're trying – if you're looking at it now and you're trying to get some advantage and make a bet now, you don't know who's going to play quarterback. I mean, for some of you, the Saints are better off with Andy Dalton. A lot of you think that. I don't necessarily think that. I think that if Jameis Winston is not any better um, physically, if he's not any better physically than the Saints – are better off with Andy Dalton at quarterback. If he is healed enough over the past few weeks, then he needs to be in there because he. Look, I don't, I don't know what game people were watching last week that thinks Andy Dalton was a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. There are things that Andy Dalton does better, but overall, they were not better on the field last week without Jameis Winston in there. He, Andy Dalton, I didn't think played all that well. Um, and the Saints got a lot of things to clean up. Not just Andy Dalton. It's not just quarterback. Alvin Kamara's got to be able to hold on to the football, and he's got to go back to being Alvin Kamara. He's shown flashes, but which Alvin Kamara will we see? Because we don't talk a whole lot about it, and we haven't all week, but to me, that's the key on the Saints' offense. I mean, Taysom Hill's great, and it was wonderful that he had the week that he had. We hope Chris Olave's back. We don't know about Michael Thomas. But Alvin Kamara has got to have a great day Sunday. And the Saints defense has got to find a way to limit Jamar Chase, Archbishop Romo High School. Um, they got to find a way to limit him because he can get 80 or 100 yards, but if he goes for 140, 120, 140, 160 even, the Saints have given up, gave up big plays to Seattle last week. If Jamar Chase does that, it's going to be really tough to win. They've got to find a way to get it to Burrow. Cam Jordan has got to keep playing on the level that he's been playing. Marcus Davenport is key. That defensive line has got to play maybe their best game of the season. And they can. If they can get to Burrow four times or so and sack him, I think the Saints will win and limit Jamar Chase. Those are the keys. So let's let's see what Jeff Duncan thinks. He's got his own keys. And we have a very interesting conversation. Again, if you missed the live show, we do it almost every Friday at 9.15 a.m. on all the thebet.nola.com and nola.com social media feeds, YouTube, Facebook, and the NOLA News Twitter page uh, live at 9.15. Next week, we're going to be live on Thursday. Not sure the time. I think we're going to go a little bit later because... It's going to be two hours earlier where Dunk is. so And it's supposed to be, quote-unquote, his day off. So we don't have a lot of days off. And I'm not complaining because we write about sports for 11. And we do shows for 11. So there could be a lot worse jobs than this. But let me tell you, football season for a sports writer, there aren't a lot of days off just the way that it is. So we'll be talking to Dunk Live on next Thursday. And a uh, little different... little different... Uh, Set up next week, Monday. I, I've been doing Mondays by myself as of late, but we're going to have Garland Gillen on of Fox 8. He's going to come on my show on Monday morning to recap the Saints-Bengals game. Then I'm going to go on his show next Thursday evening on the the final bet show. Uh, went on a couple weeks ago. They asked me to come back, and I'm uh, happy to do that with, with Garland and Juan Kincaid. Had a lot of fun, and, and I'll go back and do that. Uh, which will be airing about the time the Saints game is ending. So that's going to be interesting to see how how that works. But it'll be fun nonetheless. And a programming note for us. So we told you Monday I'll be on with Garland. Thursday we'll be live with Dunk. We're going to push Uncle Big Nick. He doesn't know this. So he's probably hearing this as as first news to him. But we're going to push Uncle Big Nick back to Friday. Uh, Probably we'll have a guest on Friday as well. We'll do all of our picks. Instead of doing them on Thursday, we're going to do them on Friday this week. Um. So I will give my prediction for the Saints game on Thursday with Dunk. And then on Friday, we'll have our NFL picks, college picks uh, weekly show. That'll be on Friday. And then the following week, I'm going to take Monday off. So there will be no datitude a week from Monday. And then we'll be back on our regular schedule. That is until the Saints play on Monday night, which is coming up in a few weeks. So some interesting, uh, we've got some programming notes coming up. In the near future, if you can stay with him, we'll keep you up to date as we go along. Let's get to Dunk and, and hear what he had to say. It was a fun show. Uh, we go through the ins and outs and what he thinks about the injuries and how they're going to play a role, The Saints, how the Saints match up. And if you look at the numbers, rankings-wise, the, the the Saints and Bengals are pretty close. They're really close, as a matter of fact. Um, so they're pretty even teams. Hence, the line is Saints plus one and a half. You getting a bargain betting on the Saints? You'll have to hear what we think, Dunk. What's
1: going on this morning? Not much, man. It's uh, awesome weather. You know, it's hard to stay cooped up inside right now. You know, October is the best month, I think. No doubt for us. Don't you agree? Like in in in, in weather wise. So I want to try and get out, get my work done, and get out and enjoy it today. And there's there's no question about it, and it's
0: actually. I know you're going to be in Arizona, and you're going to have a culture shock. You're going to go to the desert. Next week in Arizona, on a, we're going to have an early week. It's going to be a crazy week, which is good, good in a way because we get out of our routine, which I, I, I'm all for this time of year. If we can get out of a routine even for a week, I think it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to go out to the desert. It'll probably be in the 90s out there. And then when you come back, it's supposed to be cold next week, like like really cold. Cold? Wait, wait what's cold mean? Like high, like 63, and on the North Shore, they're talking about potential 30s.
1: Well, it was it was pretty damn cold over in London. I can tell you that. We were, oh, in, the 50, wow. we were in the 50s over there for a lot of the week. So uh, I like, that's kind of the perfect weather in a lot of ways where you can wear kind of this, you know, quarter zip yeah, or sweatshirt. Yeah, that's, well, that's
0: you, you, feel,
1: you feel like you're in the press box
0: of the dome where it's like <laughs> 51 degrees up there. Sarah Rent says she's lo- watching from lovely Laurel, Mississippi, my nephew is uh, actually living out there, going to, uh, going to college in, in Laurel, Mississippi, Mississippi. playing when baseball
1: I, out there. When I think of Laurel, J.D., I think of former Louisville Cardinal great Kenny Payne, who is now the head coach of the basketball team. He's a Laurel, Mississippi native. Okay, okay. So, yeah, Mark, shout out. Mark
0: Satanovich says, thank you, Brother J.D., a little shout out. Um, if you want to comment or you want to be a part of Datitude, you can comment, say hello, ask a question of Dunk. You can even ask a question of me if you want. We started off again on our Thursday picks. Dunk, we, for the second straight week, we got the winner right. We got the spread right. We got the total right. We were right out. In fact, I predicted Commanders 9, bear 6. I wasn't far off. It was 12 <laughs> to 7. It was a, a, for the second straight Thursday. We're not going to talk about this very long, but I, I do find one thing interesting about last night's game. And the, the Bears, besides those horrible Halloween uniforms they're wearing, they played like it was Halloween. They had three trips inside the 10 in which they didn't score, which obviously cost them the game.
1: They are a real, both of those
0: teams are really bad football
1: teams. But Yeah, I ended up watching a game with uh, Brody Miller, my colleague, our colleague Luke Johnson, and our former colleague Josh Katzenstein. We had a, we had a good group out. And it was awful. It was, yeah, it was almost as bad as the uh, Colts-Broncos game from the week before. And it's a little ominous because next Thursday it's Saints-Cardinals. So I'm hoping that the game is better than what we've seen the last two Thursdays for Amazon.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, I've been, I've, I think uh, we, this is the fifth Thursday. I think I've been right four out of five. I'm not sure if Saints fans are going to want me to be right five out of six. I haven't figured that out yet. So we'll... We'll, uh, we'll, we'll worry about that. Again, comments or questions, very welcome. All you got to do is leave them in the stream. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, if you're uh, watching on Twitter, then all you have to do is send me uh, a note, at Jim Derry Jr., and I will read that on the air as well. We have a question from Mark as well. He wants to know, do we foresee Jameis Winston being the star against once he is fully healthy? Because the offense performs a lot better with game manager Dal- Andy Dalton at the helm. I completely disagree. Um, but you go ahead, Duncan. I'm sure I, I, I would guess that you disagree with me, but I don't know.
1: Well, you know, that's a tough question, Mark, because I think Dalton's going to start again this week. And if he wins, if they if they play well and he wins, I think it's going to be hard for Dennis Allen to take him out just because I think the locker room is going to be fully behind Dalton at that point. Not not against Jameis Winston, just, hey, we got a good thing going Let's stick with Dalton. It's going to be the biggest decision of Dennis Allen's, uh, you know, very young career as a head coach with the Saints. Uh, There's no question about that. I think there's a reason, though, Jameis Winston was named the starter and the Saints are paying him to be the starter. So it's a complicated situation. Uh, And I don't disagree with you that that the offense has operated better the last couple weeks, I think, with Dalton than it did earlier. But it's hard – it's hard to say because Winston was hurt so much of that time. It's hard to evaluate, was it the injury that was causing Winston right. to perform so poorly, or what was it? Only The only people that really know that are the Saints people, Saints people being their coaches and players. They know because uh, I think they're going to have a much better read on the situation. Uh, it it kind of reminds me a little bit of what's going on in Dallas with uh, Cooper Rush and the yeah. winning they're winning big right now with with him and uh, Dax I don't getting,
0: think yeah I don't think Dax in trouble.
1: I know, but it, it's it is a little bit of a similar situation in that you got a good thing going. Uh, you know, you don't want to upset the apple cart with that momentum. But I do agree, Dax being paid what about three times more than James yeah. Winston. Yeah, so right. It's probably I mean, easier decision for Mike McCarthy.
0: Well, here's my thing. I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> It's a tough situation. I understand why Saints fans want Andy Dalton because they – you can't – like you said, Dunk, you can't judge by what we saw from the first few games because we don't know how hurt Jameis Winston was. And there's a reason why that he's – that he, he didn't get yanked because of his performance. He got yanked because he's hurt. And when he's ready to come back, I don't see how you can Wally pip him. I guess is the way, the way to put it. Um, it's not like Andy Dalton is some up-and-coming quarterback. I mean – I think you have to let now if Jameis goes in and stinks it up and can't play, then then you can make a change. But I, I just think the the guy's the starter, and it, it's you you can't just pull a guy for for being hurt. I mean, so uh, that's the way. I mean, it look. it it is a tough decision, and I agree with you that it is going to be one of the toughest decisions uh, of Dennis Allen's early career here in New Orleans. I mean. How do we think Sean Payton would react? And I hate comparing Sean Payton to Dennis Allen. I know he hates it. But how do we think Sean Payton would react in this situation?
1: Well, I I feel like if Sean Payton were the head coach, Jameis Winston wouldn't be the quarterback. That's just how I feel. I feel like he would have gone in another direction in the offseason. So it's hard for me to say. I don't think it's anything against Jameis Winston. I just think Sean Payton has a view of what the quarterback position is. And uh, I think he saw enough of Jameis Winston maybe to go in another direction in the offseason. That's going to be the ultimate question. There's two questions that we're going to have down the road with this Jameis Winston, uh, you know, tenure here. One is uh, why the Saints elected to go out and make him their starting quarterback this offseason after they failed to get Deshaun Watson. Did they not have any other plan B? And then the other one I think falls on Dennis Allen, was he slow to pull the hook on Jameis Winston? That Maybe he be. did it one game too late, right? I mean, that, right. that Carolina game was just awful. Should he have? Should he have, have gone quicker to Andy Dalton? Did that cost them a game? Jeff Duncan, Jim
0: Derry here on this Friday morning. It's the live Datitude every Friday morning at nine fifteen. Actually, we're going to be live next week on Thursday. So I say every Friday. Next Friday will be recorded, and next Thursday, Dunk will be in. In Glendale, Arizona, or Phoenix, wherever he's going to be, we're going to we'll we'll be live next Thursday. We'll give you a time when we know it. Got a question from Stephen Wiley? Do we think it's going to be a high-scoring game? Now, look, we're not going to give our predictions out to the end of the show, but we can we can answer if we think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And my my answer is no, I don't, because I, I think that it's going to come down to defenses. I think that uh, I think Dunk that the, for the Saints to be successful. I think they have to get pressure on Joe Burrow. And I think that they realize that how key the defense is going to be in this game. So I don't think it'll be anything like last week's 39-32 shootout. I think it's going to be more a game in the 20s.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, I don't know what the total is, but 43. uh, Yeah, I would lean toward the under there because a couple of reasons. One, um, we're we're looking at maybe not another game without Mike Thomas and maybe Jarvis Landry. They haven't practice yet uh, very disappointing the Saints receiving core could be very limited in this game which means they're gonna have to lean on the running game again and let's let's be very clear here uh, what happened last week is not going to happen this week I mean right. that that was a byproduct of Seattle being one of the worst run defenses in the league I thought they were very poorly prepared for that game I mean they look like they weren't prepared for the Taysom Hill package at all even though people have seen it on tape uh, that's not going to happen with Lou Amarillo. I mean, th- he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. They have a good front seven. Uh, it's going to be a lot harder to move the ball on this Cincinnati defense. And and conversely, the Saints, I think, uh, defensively match up very well with Cincinnati. Their defensive line, I think, can get after the Bengals up front. That's still a weakness. Lyle Collins, the former LSU star, it's been terrible, been he a really plus has. right now as a free agent signing, I think they're going to attack him on the right tackle. And so, in, in J.D., the Saints have to get after them up front because if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play, you're very vulnerable on the back end. If, if he can't go, which it's looking pretty doubtful right now, I think the Saints are going to have to play a lot more zone on the back end. I mean, we saw last week they got burned over the top. With all the new players they have in the secondary, I think they're going to have to be conservative on the back end and really rely on that front front seven to put pressure on Burrow. Because if he's allowed to sit back there and they have this makeshift secondary, I mean, he's going to he's gonna pick them apart, especially with their receivers. But I
0: think what the Saints also need to do is look and see what the Ravens did last week. And they just stuffed Jamar Chase. And, and they weren't as successful as getting to Burrow, uh, as I think the Saints will be and need to be. But the Saints also need to be able to make sure that they can shut down Chase because if they can you know with t higgins being hurt and probably out again i would think this week you know you talk about tyler board they also have their own michael thomas who who's their number 3 receiver you know you talk about hayden hurst their their tight end. tight end yeah uh, he is a good tight end but he's not a, he's not really a deep threat he's more of a kind of a dink and dunk kind of, t- kind of tight end and so to me along with the pressure dunk that the saints and we we put the stat graphic back up and we talk about it the Saints are really going to they have to get in on there. They've been okay in passing defense, but, again, with Lattimore out, they, somebody's going to need to be on chase, and so that scares me. Kind of maybe a weird, I don't want to call it a freak defense because I don't. Dale Brown's not here, but, I mean, so, some sort of defense where you got to man-spy and chase and then play a zone as well and find a way to get in on Burrow all at the same time. It's going to be a tough challenge for sure.
1: Yeah, and, look, Cincinnati's really struggled <clears throat> to run the ball, even though they have a great running back in Joe Mixon and a good backup in Samaj Piran. I mean, those guys are both excellent running backs. But you see right there, they're 25th in the league. And that goes back to their offensive line, the struggles they've had there. It just has not – it's been a conundrum for that whole franchise for the last five, six years. They've really struggled uh, along the offensive line. So I think Burrow's going to kind of take a little bit of the Tom Brady approach, and that is I think he's going to try and get it out quick short passing game, and I think the Saints, if they can play good red zone defense, which they have this year, I think they're in the top five in the league in red zone defense, or top 10 or so, Uh, this could be a game of field goals. And and as someone that, uh, you know, we talk about betting on here on this show, uh, that's what you want. If you're betting the under, you want field goals. Yeah. Uh, You know, you don't want to give up seven points, you want to give up three, and you usually can, uh, uh, you know, cover that under. So, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think the Saints' kicking game could be key in this game, and it was good to see kind of Will Lutz come back. Uh, you know, he hasn't had his, you know, characteristically strong year. He's kind of been a little off this year. Blake Gilligan hasn't been that good, for that matter, as well. Uh, that's something the Saints should be a strength, that they need to kind of get back on tracking games like this that – could be about field position.
0: And the Bengals have a really good kicker as well, and Evan McPherson, who can kick yep. it a long way. We've we've seen him kick a 60 yarder and he's in the dome. So I agree. I think they I think both kickers could have a pretty good day. Um it will be interesting. And I do think there will be more field goals than touchdowns in this game. Mark wants to ask, he says, Will Cam Jordan catch rookie Jackson's all time saying? Not in this one. I don't think he's getting five sacks in this game. I think he's going to catch rookie Jackson. Uh, because I don't think he. I mean, even if he doesn't get five more this season, which I think he will, but uh, I. I mean, he's not going to be. I'd be surprised if Cam Jordan calls it a career after the season. I think he's got at least one or two more left in him.
1: Yeah, I think he's got at least one more year now contractually. I think he's. They're kind of. I hate to say it in this way, but they're kind of stuck with Cam Jordan. I mean, they they couldn't do anything with him even if they wanted to because I think they they've kicked that can down the road, renegotiating his deal enough times to where. Right. It's backloaded. So I think he's definitely going to be around at least through next season. Uh, and he'll end up being an all time league soccer. There's no question about that. And I, I think he's had a Hall of Fame career. You know, we, oh, that's we're not talking bad. I mean, yeah, I think if you look at the Saints players from like the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era, they really only have probably three Hall of Fame, surefire Hall of Famers. And one of them's up this year with Jari Evans. I think he'll eventually get in. Obviously, Drew Brees is going to be a no brainer and i think cam jordan certainly will will earn induction but that's about it and you know obviously mike thomas and alvin kamara have had great starts to their careers but uh they've leveled off a little bit in their production
0: yeah they've, both of those guys have a long way to go before right. they are hall of fame kind of guys uh right. kamara's probably a little closer i would guess if he had three or four really good years put together i i think he'd have a good chance mike thomas to me is is a long way away from from the yeah hall of fame.
1: he's He's really had trouble this year staying healthy. I mean, I know uh, he's had some bad luck. I mean, this turf toe injury, uh, you know, there's been players. Uh, it's been kind of an issue right now. If that's what you want right to call now. it. But, well, that turf in, in Carolina is an issue. I mean, the, the 49ers had issues with it. And, uh, you know, for him to be out this long with this turf toe after coming off of hamstring and then his ankles and foot, uh, he's just had a rough go over the last two years.
0: Maybe he shouldn't play there when they play there next year. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Let, let's talk about the injuries. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to get to the. I want to do a comparison of schedules in just a minute because we've got a new graphic with with the schedules. But uh, I want to talk about the injuries and the, look. The, there's no. There's no hiding it. The Saints are, are are having issues. I mean, it's it's not quite to the level that it was at last year, but. We don't know as we go into this on Friday morning if Chris Olave is going to play as in concussion protocol. My guess is he will. Um, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, they're going to be super careful after all the 2 of stuff. Um, yep. Michael Thomas looked like he was going to play, have a chance to play last week. Then it was said they were trying to save him for this week. I'd say it's less than 50-50 he plays. and practiced yet. And you're talking about Jarvis Landry's not looking good. Deontay Hardy's not looking good. I mean, the, the wide receiving core just – banged up to all high heck, and and Marshawn Lattimore looks like he's not going to play. We kind of talked about him for a minute. But, I mean, how are these injuries going to affect this team, Dunk? And I, I think that also leads to, if you don't have these receivers back, I think that would also lead to leaning towards an Andy Dalton playing over Jameis Winston.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think it also leans to another heavy Taysom Hill package. I mean, you got to yeah. generate offense. Uh, Dennis Allen said that. I think to the sideline reporter on the game last week when they asked him about Taysom Hill, he said, look, we're just trying to lean on our playmakers and generate offense any way we can (laughs) because they're, they're down so many playmakers. uh, You got to find somebody that can help you move the ball. I think that's, that's where Taysom Hill would come in. If all these receivers once again, uh, can't go. And I agree with you on Olave. I know he's in concussion protocol, but people are going to be very conservative for rushing him out there, that was a very scary injury. I mean, his head slammed into the turf. Very scary. He looked like he was knocked out there for for a, a brief moment, uh, and that that's a setback because he's had a great start to his rookie year. Uh, and Mike Thomas, I know he's one of these guys, JD. That um, you know, there's certain guys I've covered in my career that are like this. They want to be a hundred percent. You know, uh, they're like track athletes, right? They got to be fine tuned. Uh, they're very, and he's very in tune with his body and he wants to be a hundred percent. I think probably because he played through that injury a couple of years ago and ended up having a setback and it's derailed his career somewhat. So he probably learned a lesson from that and really wants to be back hundred percent. And those turf toe injuries sometimes take a while. I remember Mark Ingram getting one in a game and uh, man, he was out like six, six games, I think. So it just depends. Uh, They're finicky injuries. Sometimes they take longer to come back. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Deontay Hardy, uh, it looks like he's going to be out, you know, maybe for the season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they promote, uh, I-, I think his name's Rashid from the practice squad, right. who-, who was like an all-time return guy at Weber State, a uh, very, very uh, decorated return guy. They're going to have to f- find some people to come plug into the lineup here uh, because of these injuries. And what's amazing is I was just looking at the Bengals uh, depth chart right before we came on. They have hardly had any injuries. I mean, they've had a few. You mentioned T. Higgins. Looks like he's going to be out. But if you look at their lineup on both sides of the ball, they've had the same almost 11 starters on offense and defense almost every game. They've had a few guys here and there come out. But their their offense has almost been intact the whole, the whole season. So it's just a weird thing going on with the Saints right now.
0: They just haven't been effective. And, I mean, uh, you know, let's take a look at the schedules. And, I mean, I know this is a little bit small, so those of you looking on your phone, you may have to put it sideways if you want to look at it. But we'll talk about where, where they come from. And the Bengals losing to Pittsburgh, that looks like a really bad loss now. They started the season losing to Pittsburgh in overtime. That looks like a terrible loss. The loss at Dallas doesn't look probably as bad as it looked back in week two when they actually lost it. It was the first game for Cooper Rush. Then they beat the Jets in Miami, and they beat Miami when, when Tua got just, you know, obliterated and then lose to Baltimore last week. So I don't think that, you know, I'm not sure I quite get this line at the, as the Saints uh, go in as underdogs. I think it should be more like even. I mean, that's I'm not trying to give my prediction away, but as we talk about it and look at it, I mean, the Saints' lost three losses, the Carolina loss looks terrible. But the other two don't don't look all that bad. They kind of gave the Tampa Bay game away. Had a chance to push Minnesota in overtime. So I mean, you you look at them and they're kind of similar teams. I'm kind of surprised the Saints are underdogs here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100. percent I think they're very similar teams. Play a lot of close games, and when you're when you do that, you don't leave yourself much margin for error. And I think that's what bit the Bengals in that opening loss to the Steelers. I like think they missed some field goals or had some kicking game issues that were uncharacteristic. But I feel like, yeah, this game is going to be a tight one. I'll be surprised either way. The Saints are just so banged up right now. Yeah, uh, I find it, you know, you know, Mickey Loomis said something last week that I thought was, was really, uh, you know, apropos for the Saints game. He goes, we need to be the more desperate team. And I think they were in that, in that Seahawks game, you could just see there was a little better body language, a little more energy, Enthusiasm from the team. Now, will that carry over? Are they gonna, oh, we got our win and kind of have that kind of slow start with like that's been kind of uh haunting this team all season long? Or are they gonna come out with the same energy and enthusiasm they had because they're gonna need it in this game? You know Cincinnati's gonna be desperate coming off that loss to Baltimore, a very hard fought, difficult loss, life right, right at the last second. And then they go, I think they go to Cleveland next week, or at least they have Cleveland coming in a division game. So it's going to be interesting to see which team has the most energy uh, in this game because they're both going to be desperate for a win. Well, they play Atlanta at home next week, and
0: then they're at Cleveland on a Monday night the following week. So on Halloween night, as a matter of fact, they get the two orange teams in there. You know, that that's kind of – you think that was planned yeah. that way? Yeah. <laughs> it would be like the pump, pumpkin bowl. <laughs> as long as they don't wear the uniforms that the Bears wore. That was awful. Those bears uh, uniforms were.
1: I, awful. I thought the commanders uniforms were pretty tight. I oh, the commanders uniforms
0: good. are great. I I like them a lot. I, yeah. I just thought the bear man, the bears played like they looked like Halloween. They played like Halloween. Ugh, just this, this
1: is terrible. It's kind of um, weird. Uh, just going back to that game, like Brody Miller and I were talking. He's a big Justin Fields fan, and I've yet to see him. Why? Kind of emerge. I don't know, but but like you can see flashes of talent, but it yeah, just hasn't. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I, mean, I don't know what to think of Justin Fields. I mean, people like to make fun of Jameis Winston for his accuracy. Uh, but he, Jameis Winston at least is like 63%, 64%, I think. Justin Fields is in the 50s. And he's, I mean, he showed last night. I mean, he can't—he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. I mean, he, he made a nice pass there at the end, but they shouldn't have been throwing the ball there on that fourth down play. I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about 12 no. to seven I I really just, bad Thursday game brought but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean all right uh, a couple things here from some some watchers and listeners again this is the live portion of that obviously if you're listening on your podcast you can uh, if you're listening on demand on podcast you can send me a note at Jim Derry at jderry at the or find me on Twitter at Jim Derry jr we'll be glad to read any of our shows Monday Thursday and Friday is when Attitude runs Monday is our review show. In fact, uh, Garland Gillen's going to come on with me this coming cool. Monday, and then next Thursday, Dunk will be on with me on a special Thursday edition, special Thursday live edition. And then I'm not sure who's going to come on in your spot on Friday. We'll have to figure that out on Friday. All right, Shayla, Russ, with the bad calls, I I, I don't know if you um, pay attention to any Seattle media, but um, I think that Tyler Lockett and, and some of the Seahawks were upset. The Saints got the, the good end of the stick last week. So, I mean, across the course, and I'll say this again and again the Saints have certainly been hosed throughout. We know the, the no call and all those things. But I say this every year, Dunk. And, and I know that there have been some bad calls this year. But throughout the course of a 17 game season, there is zero question that they even out in the end. The NFL does not hate the New Orleans Saints. Roger Cadell <clears throat> doesn't give a one rat's keister about whether the Saints make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. There's no – 32 teams think that Roger Goodell hates their team. Exactly. And so they're stop doing that. I mean, stop making excuses why your team loses. I mean, sometimes there are calls that certainly affect the game, and I know that people don't want to hear this. But the Saints have got the short end of the stick. They've also got the benefit of the stick as well throughout the course of the season, and I thought Sunday – they certainly got the benefit of the stick.
1: Yeah, every close call was went to the Saints, including that one right after halftime of DK Metcalf, which you know they had uh, Dean Blandino on, the former supervisor of officials who said it should not have been a fumble. It should't have been a catch, it should have been just an incomplete pass. And uh, you know that was a huge play in the game because Seattle had taken the momentum right before halftime that was just an awful sequence of events it really was. fumbles they give up a, a long touchdown pass in the last few seconds I, I don't know how that happens and then you come out and Seattle's got the ball in first play uh fumble so yeah that was a game changing play there and uh, I think the the penalties at one time were two to one so it evens out I mean the, you're you're so right JD I mean like people think there's this conspiracy against the Saints and it's it's really kind of silly. I mean, they're not up there in a room in New York conspiring against new Orleans. I can tell you people in, in, in the NFL offices love new Orleans. They love everything about it. They love the city. They think it's the best super bowl host city. There's no doubt. Uh, it's one of the great stories, how the team came back from Katrina. Uh, they were heavily involved with getting the team back here. from San Antonio, when the owner was pretty much squatting in San Antonio, uh, there, there were so many things that went on behind closed doors. Uh, Nobody is out to get the Saints. Nobody. And so I, I just think you have to move on it, from that. It's very high school hairy, in my opinion.
0: I find it funny because uh, I know you can't see this, but uh, the number of viewers we have at one time, people don't like when I say that stuff. They drop off. They, 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 they cut me off. They're not going to listen to me. I mean, we lost, we lost about half our viewers when I said that just now. Yeah. I, and, and I don't care. I'm gonna, I mean, if you don't like it, it's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, so that is the truth. The, 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 the NFL does not hate the Saints. Roger Goodell does not hate the Saints. I'm going to say it probably every week or at least every other week. And too bad. I mean, that's just the way that it is. All right, Steven wants to know, are they going to use Mark Ingram more in the run game? And I think that's an excellent question. I, I, I thought it was kind of weird, the game plan last week. And again, it ended up, ended up working out in the end. But Mark Ingram kind of was a no-show last week. They used them on some short yardage down near the goal line. They used them on a two point conversion play. But why was Mark Ingram kind of missing last week?
1: Well, I think it had more to do with just they were going with a hot hand and Camara. And then a lot of the run package would go, say, just because of the way the game played out. Taysom Hill is kind of their, they go to that QB power when they get into short yardage. So when they were they they found themselves in a lot of third and ones, second and ones, and that is going to be where Taysom Hill comes in the game. He's almost unstoppable in that situation. So I think it was mainly just an anomaly of how the game played out more than a plan. But I, I you know, it's funny. I was just thinking this week, JD, and I know I don't want to get too far off track on this, but you know, what where areas will the Saints look at? to bolster in this off season coming up. I know we still got a whole year to go, but I think they'll definitely going to have to draft a running back next I year agree. or bring in another running back. No I mean, question. nothing against Mark Ingram, but he's, you know, he's the oldest running back in the league and uh, you, you don't want to keep pounding Alvin Kamara. I don't think he's built to, to hold up. Very few guys are. So I think they're going to need a running back. I think they're going to need a safety. I think they're going to need a defensive tackle because right now I don't see much production at all. Of their interior defensive line. I think David Onyemad has really leveled off. Ever since he came back from that suspension last year to start the season, he's just been kind of a guy out there. I hate to say it that way, but, uh, you know, there was a reason, I think, Dennis Allen in this past draft was very high on Jordan Davis, the big, massive defensive tackle from Georgia who ended up going to Philadelphia. I think he, he was enamored with him because he thought, man, we plug that guy in the middle with these defensive ends will be almost impossible to run on. So I think those areas, again, are areas that the Saints are going to have to bolster down the road. And Running back's definitely a spot that I think, once you get past Alvin Kamara, they're pretty average. And that's why you see them still churning the roster down there. They brought in Jake Funk, one of the great names in the NFL, uh, from the Rams. And is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year if he's not on the field for this team.
0: Jim Derry, Jeff Duncan here on a Friday morning as we have about – 13, 14 minutes left in the show. If you want to get your question or comment in, now's the time to do it. Again, about 13, 14 minutes left before we have to let Dunk go because he's got some things going on this morning. And, um, I, you know, I want to ask this. Something that came to my mind we're talking about injuries. Do we know where Trevor Penning stands? Because I think, look, James Hurst, I don't think he's a left tackle. I mean, I, I think he's a good lineman, and he's a solid number two guy, and he's a, it's a great guy to have because you can plug him in anywhere. But... I think, frankly, he's been been beat quite a bit. And had Trevor Penning been healthy, I, I think that had he not won the job, that he certainly would have been in by now. Do you know
1: where he stands? No, that's a good point. I need to check on him, to be honest with you. But that's a very good point. I think James Hurst, there's a reason he's a swing tackle, backup guy in the league. Uh, he's a very smart guy. He knows his limitations. And the Saints are operating around him right now. Uh, he's he's capable, but he's not a force the way Trevor Pinning would be, especially in the running game. I mean, Trevor Pinning was a monster there toward the end, right before he got hurt, and that's a big that was a big injury. I mean, look at Seattle last week; they were starting uh, two rookie tackles, right? And you could see the athletic ability. I mean, Cross held up very well against Marcus Davenport, who's a, a terrific uh, rush in. Uh, and and I know the Saints were high on Cross, and they obviously were very high on Trevor Pinning, so. That's something that we've all forgotten about a little bit is, yeah, they're missing their first-round starting left tackle. Uh, you know, this is a guy that by now I think would have worked his way into the starting lineup. So I need and to don't, make a call on that.
0: Dunk, you can compare it to, I mean, if you want to think about it, where would the Saints be right now without Chris Olave? Yep. I mean, so it's kind of the same thing. If the Saints didn't have Chris Olave, they'd be in a world of hurt right now. And so yeah, that's, that's how, why it's – you know, and
1: Penning could have the same – effect on this offensive line. Yeah, and I, that's, and look, I don't want to bang on a guy cuz he's a great guy and a great um, a leader and everything, but like Jarvis Landry really has not I mean, he's not contributing. I mean, they, they you know, they went out and signed him and as you start to see these guys at certain right. points in their careers, they start getting banged up all the time cuz it's a violent game. Uh there's a reason nobody in the in the league was banging down Jarvis Landry's door to, to sign him. And, so uh, you know, they got to get him back on the field and get him healthy. But how long will he hold up once he comes back? That's that's my question. All right, the Saints are in an interesting
0: position as we get closer to our prediction. I think we're about probably four or five minutes away. If you want to give us your prediction, we will uh, we will put that on the field. And actually, Shayla makes a good point that that I, I think we should put up. Same thing with the Honey Badger. I think Tyron Matthew has been, except for the pick, he's been basically a no-show on this team. I'm not sure what, what he's – he does not look good at all so far. Well, hopefully that will change. He'll feel more comfortable, but uh, Tyron Matthew has not done a lot. I Before we get to our prediction again, now's your chance to get it in the comment section on Facebook or on YouTube. We will put it on the screen because we're going to have ours in about five minutes, maybe a little less. But I want to talk about, Dunk, this is the part of the schedule to me for the Saints where they have to they have to get some wins. Um I don't want to go as far. Last week I I considered last week a must win. You can't go to one and four. The Saints have showed throughout their history when they get to one and four, they're done. Uh, So I thought I don't want to go as far to call call this one a must win, but they're in a spot in their schedule. I mean, two and four is a tough hole to dig out of if that's where they were to go. But they're in a part of their schedule where they have to take advantage. They have, you know, Cincinnati at Arizona – But Vegas and Baltimore, both at home, they're in a four out of five game stretch at home. And if you want to go further than that, five out of seven game stretch at home before they spend a lot of time in the latter part of the season on the road, they have got to win some games here. And I, this is as close to a must win without it being a must win. I'm not going to go that far.
1: Well, I think, you know, the fact that they play a lot of these games at home is critical. It just goes to show you, right, that. When you look at the schedule to start the season, it never plays out the way you think because this looked like an impossible stretch. And a lot of teams that made the playoffs last year, and almost all of them are struggling this year, almost every one of them, uh, you know, in this next stretch of six games. Uh, And I think if they could go four and two in that stretch and kind of what would they be that would get them to six and five, that would be a good spot to be. Uh, heading into San Francisco, I, San Francisco game looks very difficult right now. It does. That's kinda, yeah, that's the kind of team I think is going to be, you know, difficult for the Saints. You so you want to be at least above five hundred, I think, before you go out to San Francisco. To get there, they got to go four and two.
0: But I think that, and we have talked about this before, in this division, which I don't think is very good. I don't think Tampa is very good. I yeah. think nine wins might be enough to win this division, assuming that you can go to Tampa and win, because you if you if. You have any chance to win nine games and, and win the division? You're going to have to beat Tampa because you're going to have to find a way to beat them in tiebreakers. Ryan Chano, a friend Ryan, uh, thank you, John. John and John Keenan enjoyed the show. Um, my friend Ryan Chano has a question: Has the secondary been disappointing? I mean, there's only one way to answer it. I mean, I think yes, right? I mean, yeah. I, they haven't played very well.
1: No, yeah, 100% agree. I mean, you can't. They got strafed. Now I will say this. I thought last week was going to be a reality check for Geno Smith, and I was completely wrong. That guy played great. He's legit. I mean, they're going to score points on people this year with that offense the way he's playing right now. These young tackles are playing well. Now they lost Rashad Penny. I think that that was a big blow. Yeah, huge. The young running back came in and had a sixty-nine yard run. Uh, Kenneth you know,
0: Walker from TCU, yeah.
1: Sure, very very good player. I think they're going to score points on people all year long. Uh, but you can't give up in situations like that. I think part of that was attributable to the injuries on the back end. But again, they got to get Marcus May back in the lineup. I mean, this, I think that's affected uh, Tyrand Matthew. You're right. He has not shined like we thought he would. But a part of that, I think, is they've had to mix and match the other safety. And I think losing PJ Williams has uh, been a little overlooked. I mean, he's a veteran guy, he knows this system. Uh, he's not real flashy, but he just – I think he's the guy you can rely on. And without him and May, um, they ended up on one play with Daniel Sorensen and J.T. Gray on the field at safety. That's not ideal. I completely agree. Uh, Mark has got
0: some – Mark, I don't know why – you're you're hating on the NFL. Tampa won 10 on the there – there's no Las Vegas bias. I mean – I know that we, that betting has become, and I'm not just saying this in the sports betting right, so obviously I'm biased when I say this, but I don't think, I have not seen any instance or someone's going to have to show me proof that the coming up of sports gambling, because it, it's been done for a long, long time, by the way, it's just now become legal and yeah, like 22 states. <laughs> I mean, if people think that they, people weren't gambling big money on, on the NFL before that it started to become more legal, then they're crazy. <laughs> Uh, But uh, I have not seen anything that has changed anything. Um, And and Tampa, I mean, sure, we can talk about that rough in the past call, which was awful, by the way. And and hopefully a call like that will lead to some changes, and I think actually it it might. Um, That call along with the call on Derek Carr, uh, the one where Derek Carr was was laid on, that that was just insanely bad. So there have been a couple of bad rough in the past calls, but we always want to harp on the ones that – on the Tom Brady ones. Those are easier – calls to see because they get shown all over ESPN. There are other ones as well. All right, let's get to the prediction uh, segment of this show because I want to spend three or four minutes talking about the Saturday, and I wish that we could spend more time, but Dunk's got some things to do, and I definitely want to talk about predictions. Again, your last chance to get in, your prediction here on the Dattitude Podcast on this Friday morning. Steven says Saints 24, Bengals 21, um, I'm going to let you go first, Dunk, and give your prediction. I actually, usually I read your prediction before we come on the show, but I did not this week, so I have no idea what you're going to say.
1: Well, I usually pick the Saints, but I'm going to pick the Bengals to win this game. I just feel like uh, the Saints are too banged up at too many critical positions. I think Cincinnati is going to be a desperate team coming in. I think they've somewhat underperformed, and they need this game. Uh, it's an unfamiliar opponent in a lot of ways. They don't play each other very often. Uh, and I just feel like the, in the spot in the schedule, this favors Cincinnati. So I, I'm going to pick them at a low-scoring game, like maybe 19-17. Could come down to a McPherson field goal at the end. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a big kicking game game. 19-17 was the score that the Bengals lost by last week. So that would be really? interesting
0: if, if that's uh, if that's what it happens.
1: <laughs> maybe it was a grade uh, in my head.
0: Maybe I so. Um, I wanted to pick... I don't want to say... Wanted is not the right word. I am. I don't want to sound too homery. I have picked the Saints to win every week this season so far. Um, I picked them not to cover against Atlanta. I was right about that. Um, and you and I have been both on the Saints bandwagon throughout the season, and the Saints are two and three. So that shows you my record, picking straight up when it comes to the Saints. I've been pretty good elsewhere. I. I So... I went in looking for reasons to pick against the Saints this week, and I can't. I I, I I think the Saints are going to win this game. I think they're going to find a way to get to Joe Burrow. I think the key number, and I've said this a couple of times, I think the key number is four. If they sack Joe Burrow four times, and I think they will, I think the Saints win this game. I think Cam Jordan's going to – he's been playing better and better every game. I don't know if he needs if, – if because he's older, he needs more time to get into the season. But he has been outstanding, and I think Davenport is – has done a pretty good job as well. Um, so I think it comes down to finding a way to to spy Jamar Chase, limit Joe Mixon, which everyone's been able to limit Joe Mixon so far, and get on on Joe Burrow. And so I my analysis tells me that the Saints are going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a lot. I agree with you, Dunk, that I think it's going to be a field goal game. I don't remember the exact score that I posted in my NFL column uh, this week, my picks column. I think it's going to be something like Saints – I think it's going to go under. I think it's going to be like 22 to to 17 or so, 22 to 18 or somewhere along those. I think the Saints uh win between 3 and 5. I think they cover obviously cuz they're underdogs. And I think it's going to be a tight game, but I do I agree with you. I think it's going to come down to the very end for sure.
1: Well, they they've struggled this year to take away the top the top threat on the other team. Now, they did a good job against Kyle Pitts, but Patterson had a huge game in the opener. Christian McCaffrey ended up with over 100 yards against them. I thought Metcalf, they did a decent job, but he still hit them for a 50-yard touchdown. Right. Lockett had two big touchdowns. I mean, they've struggled to take away. Justin Jefferson lit him up. So they've, right. they've struggled to take away that guy. I'll be shocked if they're able to shut down Jamar Chase, especially if Marshawn Lattimore isn't out there because Debo is not – uh, had the impact, I think, coming off that injury. He's been slow to kind of get into the condition. And I think it's shown in these games. Uh, and if they don't have I, Lattimore out there, I think it's going to be tough.
0: I don't think you need to shut him down. But I think you need to he, – if he goes for more than 120, you're in trouble. I think you can get 80 to 100 and you're okay. Because, I mean, he's going to <clears> do that. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Burrow's going to find a way to get it to him here and there. But you got to frustrate him. and That's what the Ravens were really able – Ravens defense isn't very good this year. When you think of Ravens, you think of defense – but they're that, not that same Ravens team. And they've got injuries of their own, I mean, Marcus Williams is hurt too. And so, but they frustrated and they do it. Harbaugh is excellent at this. They just, they pound and pound and pound and pound. And, you know, that, that's what you got to do this time as well. All right. Before we, we go off the show, I want to touch on LSU and Florida and get your thoughts. I think Tulane's going to have a great weekend. They're 12-point favorites over South Florida. Great season for the Green Wave. We need to talk more about the Green Wave, and we will going forward. We're also – Pelicans are about to start their regular season. It's going to be – there will be more Pelicans talking on this show going forward. But right now, obviously, we're focused on the Saints. But I do want to touch on it. LSU, Florida, I've already made my predictions on a couple of shows. I think that LSU is better than Florida. I think Florida is just a little bit overrated because their name is Florida. Um, but I think LSU's defense – has been very good in situations like this. I think they bounce back from the Tennessee loss, and I think they play very well in the swamp and they win.
1: Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough game for me. I don't have a good feel for it at all. I think they're very two very similar teams. I do think LSU, uh, you know, feels motivated after last week. They really kind of were out of that game from the very beginning. I mean, the opening kickoff, uh, they never never yeah. were in that game, and uh, it really kind of. Uh, changed the way the game was played because they got in such a, a quick hole. Tennessee dictated terms. I agree that I think defensively they can really limit Florida. They they've done that in the past. I'm I've not been imp- that impressed with Anthony Richardson. So I think that could be a, a low scoring defensive kind of classic SEC game. But man, winning down there at the swamp is it's always tough. And I don't know I don't know if they can pull this pull this off or not. I'll be impressed if they do. And I think that they're going to be extremely motivated. If they get into the fourth quarter in a tight game, certainly they, they've got a great shot. And Billy Napier has done a great job at Florida. I think he's in
0: a very similar position to Brian Kelly at LSU. I think both of those teams in the next couple of years are going to be powers. Uh, when they get their own recruits in there, um, In terms, I, I love Billy Napier. I, th- I think he's outstanding. And I, but I think the same of Brian Kelly. And I know people weren't happy with the way he coached the game last last week, but he took cha- Brian Kelly took chances last week that he thought he had to take to have any chance to beat a Tennessee team that he knew he was outmanned against. So he did some things on fourth down, taking chances that he probably wouldn't do in almost any other game except maybe Tennessee and Alabama, knowing he's outmanned. And so you got to take chances. They didn't work, and you look silly when they don't look when they don't work out. So you can say whatever you want about the chances he took, but. When you play those kinds of teams, and he's going to have to do it again
1: against Nick Saban in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I came away less uh, critical of LSU and more impressed with Tennessee. Like that that game to me, Dude, I thought. Tennessee, that for weeks.
0: Tennessee yeah, I thought LSU team.
1: would would at least be very competitive in that game, and I didn't expect Tennessee's defense to be as good as it was. I've That's watched great. them play a few times, but I came away thinking they're going to give Alabama everything in this game. It's going to be a huge game. In Neyland Stadium, and when's the last time Tennessee had a game of this caliber? A long time. Yeah, that place is going to be off the hook. Uh, That's going to be a great game to watch. But the one thing we were talking about last night, JD, I think you would agree with this: Alabama always has a game like once a year where you look at the line. It's a big game. It looks like they're laying a ton of points or whatever. And they roll that much, and they just pound somebody. And I got a feeling like this might be that game. It's just kind of—it always seems to happen that way.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. I've took Alabama, and I think they're going to win big. Um, but that doesn't take anything. I think Tennessee, and, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks as well. When we get to the end of the season, I think Tennessee is going to be the best team in college football that doesn't make the playoff. I think there's a really good chance that that is the case. And I can tell you, whoever they play in a bowl game, it's obviously going to be a, one of the big January. Bowl games, they're going to win. Yeah. I, they're, they're a really good football team. They're deservedly in the top, uh, top 10. I think, were they number eight or number seven, somewhere along the, there? And they deserve that ranking. I think they'll be higher when the season's said and done. I mean, but I think they're, they're just clearly, not as good as Alabama,
1: Georgia. Don't you think they're clearly the third best team in the SEC? I think it's
0: unquestionably the, the third best team in the NFL and yeah. in, the, in the uh, in the SEC. And I think they're, like I said. When, it's all, when all is said and done, they'll have two losses and they'll be to Alabama and Georgia. And other than that, who knows? Maybe they can upset one of them because Georgia hasn't played that well, to be honest. Maybe they'll yeah. upset Georgia. We'll find out. All right, Dunk, that is just going to wrap it up. You got any final thoughts as we go into Sunday? I will see you in the Dome on Sunday afternoon.
1: No, no. I'm glad you mentioned Tulane, though, because I wrote about their defense this week. I think that's the difference in their team this year. They are really good on defense. It allows them to hang in games that they wouldn't have in the past. And that's really why I think they got a shot. If they beat South Florida, which they should, I think it's a little dangerous game. I don't know if they're going to cover that point spread. It's a lot of points on the road. But if they win that game, they got a real shot to be ranked in the top 25 for the first time in a long time. And that would be a a real great feather in the cap for Willie Fritz in that program.
0: It would be. I'm going to be at Yulman Stadium tonight, as a matter of fact, uh, doing Jesuit and Carr. For varsity sports wow. now, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a that's lot a of fun. It, it, it is, and uh, Carr has been just on fire. So uh, we'll see if that happens again tonight. Steven Wiley says, roll green wave and why not? I mean, look, we want all of our teams to do well. It's more fun for us when they do, and we hope to be talking more about Tulane going forward on the show. We'll try to try to do our segments a little bit different, but I know most of you want to hear about the Saints, and that's what we talked about today. A very interesting interesting one coming up in the Dome uh, dunk, and I will see you there. Looking forward to it. It's been another great show.
1: Yeah, one last thing. Okay. My column tomorrow, a little, little shameless plug. And you'll remember this guy, Stanley Morgan, completely overwhelmed. 100%. St. Augustine. The, yeah, St. Aug kid has transformed himself from a receiver to like a special teams ace. He's their best special teams player. Everybody's talking about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and right, rightfully so. Don't forget about Stanley Morgan. He's coming home. He's gonna have a big group of people at the game. It's a cool story. Stanley Morgan played with Leonard Fournette at Saint Augustine High School
0: in senior year 2013. I remember it well. Uh, it was my first year back in prep after a stint in news and uh, and all the time watching Leonard Fournette. I'm like, man, this Morgan kid. I know. Pretty good. Why don't they talk about him a little bit more?
1: Get this, J.D. He's a leading receiver in the history of Nebraska. That's amazing. That is crazy. Yeah. And the Huskers are
0: playing well right now since they uh, brought on Mickey Joseph, Austin Shaw High School. I'm just saying. Good uh, point. We'll see more of that. All right. And you will hear more from Dunk and I next Thursday. Datitude runs every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Next week's live show is going to be on Thursday. The preview, the Saints and Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. And you will hear me on Monday. We'll be reviewing the Saints-Bengals game, and I'll be doing it with Garland Gillen. Make sure you join us then. Until then, we will talk to you later, and have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, everybody. Peace and love, my friends.